Okay, it's a special day, guys. We are visiting with someone that I've wanted to bring into the studio for a very long time. My grandfather, James C. Pitts Jr., Reverend James C. Pitts Jr. Papa, you ready to do this with us? I'm ready. So, can you hear us okay? He doesn't have headphones on, Sam. Yes, I can hear you. Okay. So, you just recently turned 90. Yes. You don't look a day over 89. (laughs) Well, that's his joke. Yeah, I know. You took Papa's joke from him. Yeah. Yeah, I feel a little up close to 90 anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've uh, had a good life, and God's blessed me in a lot of so many ways, and a family that I have. And uh, I've been alone by myself, still by myself for the last 15 years. My wife passed away in uh, 05, and. Uh, that's 15 years ago, and uh, she, we were together uh, uh, 59 years, wasn't it? Was it, it 56? 56. And wow. the reason That's I know it. that, Papa, yeah. is that you wrote, when you turned yeah. 80, you started writing your life story, and you've written yeah. a lot. I'm holding a copy of your autobiography, and I flipped to page 57, and there you are talking about being in high school, meeting her yes and i didn't know some of this stuff that how you were introduced to her and that this the moment you laid eyes on her began a lifelong uh, love affair well yes. romance is what you wrote <laughs> what yeah. kind of book is that <laughs> <laughs> do you remember yeah. meeting her yes i met her and I, I invited her to go to the football game in laurel mississippi where we lived and uh uh we went to here to watch uh the Golden Tornadoes, mm-hmm. Laurel football team, the Big Eight team, they played Macomb, and uh, that was the night I met her. It was through her cousin that I knew him, and I knew her mother. Her mother worked in the cotton mill where I was, had worked during even during school days, and I worked there, and I knew her, but I didn't know Dorothy, and uh, he persuaded her mother to let us go to the ball game together with him mm-hmm. and so was it kind of like a blind date like she agreed to go with you before meeting you or uh i believe that's the way it was i'm, I'm not sure about that i don't know if she knew about it but he, he told me <laughs> you I, just showed up huh? yeah. look he who's here my friend yeah. james anyway that's how we met and and we've had a good life together mm-hmm. And one of these days, uh, we'll be back together again. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I think about that sometime, like the song, Leaving on My Mind. Mm-hmm. Well, we got to, this world is not going to be our home forever here as we are. We'll have glorified bodies one of these days. Mm-hmm. And there'll be a resurrection. So it's good to be here. And, uh, and I'm, I'm glad to be Jody's grandfather. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> You have a lot of children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren now. Our family has so grown. Yeah, I have uh, 16 Mm -hmm. great-grandchildren. That's incredible. It makes Christmas uh, an unbelievable event. (laughs) Uh, Jody's daughter, the oldest daughter, is the oldest of my great-grandkids. That's right. Right. Taylor is the oldest. Taylor is the first Mm -hmm. great-grandchild. So... 
Um, I wanted to see if you would tell us and tell the guys this story that I've heard you tell. You have so many incredible stories being born in 1929 of your childhood. Your, when you tell your childhood stories, it's, it is literally from another time. And one of the stories you tell that is so, it, it needs to be put in a movie <laughs> about the time you had to tie up the cow. Will you tell them that story? Yeah, it's yeah. it's funny. Uh-huh. Well, uh, don't let me forget about the cow you're talking about. I won't. But uh, <laughs> I, I remember back when I was five years old. I remember when I was four. We, at that time, we lived in North Louisiana in East Carroll Parish. But it was during the Great Depression. The Great Depression started in 29, mm-hmm. or before that, actually, in People were jumping out windows and committing suicide because they lost everything. Mm-hmm. And we had, we had, during those days, we had a lot of people, uh, well, that didn't have a job. There was hard, uh, you couldn't find a job. It was hard times. And we, uh, my mother wanted to go back to Laurel, Mississippi, where she was from, close to her papa and my grandfather. And all the families. So I grew up actually in Mississippi with the Jacksons and the Pitts. Of course, when I surveyed the history of us, we uh, go back to England and we landed in uh, Georgia. And then we, uh, some of us came to uh, Covington County and Jones County, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. And uh, the others came to East Carroll Parish up in North Louisiana. So that's where we were. Scattered, uh, and uh, but I grew up over there with the Jacksons, and uh, I'm the I'm the oldest of the Jackson group, and I'm also the oldest of the Pitts. I'm the o- oldest one of our family, and uh, so my great grandfather, though he lived to be ninety two, on the Jackson side. Yeah. So, well, you I was going to tell you the story about well my sister was two years younger than me and uh my dad told me one we lived on the farm at the little communities the name was union line Mm -hmm. and uh union line uh, my dad told me when he went off to work one morning to uh had a big uh, calf there it said tie that calf out by the tree where the grass is by the cemetery which was across the road and said, tie the calf up, put some water there for him. And, uh, so I did, but when I went back, it was the calf had turned the water over. It was a big old calf. He, he was just getting ready for the butcher and he would be, he was hard to hold. Yeah. Well, my sister was sitting in a little rag wagon that I had a red wagon. She was sitting there in the well was out front with a tub of water beside it, but the calf was real thirsty. And that calf, I couldn't hardly hold the calf. And when we came by, my sister sitting in that wagon, she was uh, sitting there, and uh, I tied that rope to that tongue of that wagon, (laughs) and that calf went to get water, and he went fast. (laughs) And my family was sitting on the porch, and, and, you know, I could have been... Uh, uh, per, uh, 
reprimanded for that. <laughs> but they, it was so funny. Until everybody laughed, and, I, and and it was it was just she really said that's the fastest she had ever been. Her, her arms were just waving. <laughs> How far was it that he oh, took her? It was about uh, I'd say it was. Uh, 150, 200 feet. <laughs> so he went, she went on the flying trip. <laughs> we still talk about it yeah. and, and laugh about yeah. it. But it's yeah. just the little things like that that happen. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but Union Line is where we settled down. My grandfather had owned that farm, and his wife had died, and he needed somebody there with him. And we needed a place to live, be honest. Uh, nobody told us we was poor. They didn't come by and tell us we was poor. Everybody, nobody seemed like had anything, mm-hmm. but we had each other in those days. It was a different day that we lived in. And Union Line got its name from, from the Civil War. The Union troops had lined up for battle at, there at that community. And I, th- uh, I don't know all the details, but the... War was over, and they named the place Union Line. Mm-hmm. And so that's how it got its name. And mm-hmm. it's 11 miles west of Laurel, Mississippi. And that's where I'm from. I grew up there and have memories of it. Sometimes I get to thinking about it, and it seemed like just yesterday. Mm-hmm. And how I would like to go back and spend a few days there Yeah, a long time ago. But you know we don't. The Bible doesn't say that there's the Lord's going to let us do that. But it doesn't say He won't, <laughs> does it? No. It so you have questions. <laughs> he may You're let right. us go back and live a few days a long time ago. You know, never You're know. Right. And yeah. I, if He does, well, I'll be happy. And I'm, yeah. If He don't, I'll be happy. Yeah. And either way, <laughs> did you always go to school, or did you sometimes have to stay home and work? Uh, I had I had to work. Oh, there were very few times that I had to stay out, but they, my dad and mother, they, we, and on the farm we had to work. We worked from daylight to dark. It was hard times. Mm-hmm. We raised cotton, mm-hmm. and I know what picking cotton is, and I know what raising cotton is, and corn. We had to raise corn, not only for ourselves but for the stock that we had. We'd always had stock and cows and uh, chickens and you name it. Mm-hmm. And uh, we hardly bought anything from the store. Mm-hmm. Uh, flour, we had to buy that, and we'd buy it, and not in five, not in five pound bags. It would be a fifty pound bag hmm. of wow. flour because my mother cooked a lot uh, with, with it. And uh, so uh, that's that's the way it was with us. We all. We were there together. We the farm. I, I remember, and uh, just like it was yesterday, and uh, we had uh, we had all we needed to eat. We were we were rich in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. and people that didn't live on the farm in those days they had trouble of you know just staying alive. Right. But uh, we helped one another, and uh, we as a community. And uh, we, uh, I remember those days very, very vividly. We uh, had good times together. At Christmas time, uh, before Christmas, we'd all, we'd take a day and go 
to get a Christmas tree in the woods. The whole family would go, and the dogs and the, uh, the neighbor's children, and we'd carry lunch, and we'd just spend a day find a Christmas tree. We'd try to find a holly always with the red berries on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> and usually we wound up getting a pine because we couldn't find one with the right shape to it. And uh, we'd carry that tree and and that's and then decorate it with what we had. And uh, so that was uh, a wonderful time. I, I still go up there once in a while and look at the place. There's no house there now. It's a, it's a, a fence and the cattle in there. But some of the neighbors' houses are still there, the old houses. Really? But they, they're filled with hay. Oh, your phone's ringing, Papa. The 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 uh, uh, houses are filled with hay, mm-hmm. and uh, the cows eating out of the window. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, <what it> is. <laughs> and, that's funny. And uh, so, I left to go. My the fem- the cemetery there is across the road from where we lived, and uh, it's a well kept large cemetery. My grandfather gave that. Mm-hmm. property for the and that's where he's, he's buried. buried there and they they said that he was he'd lived 102 the word got out that he was 102 and i told everybody that i saw that's how old he was but i found out the other day <laughs> when i went up there and i went to the, the grave and i found his uh inscribed on his uh stone it was he was 92 so and, and uh, where but, did that story start that he lived to 102? In, in those days, people didn't live that long. Right. It was un- unusual. He right. Was, and the word got out that uh, that they said, we know what killed him. And uh, they said, what? They said it was, it was that old Brown's mule tobacco. He, 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 he <laughs> Took him out at 92, <laughs> did it? Or, or, well, they or, said he was 102. <laughs> It was funny that they told that. Well, it's funny that you bring that up, Papa, because I remember when I was a little girl, you telling a story and you made everybody laugh or you especially got tickled about it. When you would tell the story about like your grandparents used to do snuff, is it called snuff? Yeah. And that the you were a little boy and you yeah. grabbed some. Would you yeah. want to tell that story? Yeah, well, uh, the old house that my grandfather my great-grandfather lived in, had two fireplaces, one in each end of the house and the hallway in the middle, but the kitchen was not in the house. It was in, in another building. And it was it was it had a fireplace in it that they cooked on. Mm-hmm. That was before we came in, but they still had it in there, but they had had a modern uh, wood stove there. Now they can cook on the stove. Mm-hmm. But we had to cut stove wood every day just about it. We kept it so mother could cook. And uh so it was uh it was a different day. I know I remember that the, they'd be grinding that coffee and and uh, in the morning before you get up and you could smell that coffee and hear that grinder. Mm-hmm. Uh, that sounds awesome. The coffee <laughs> all the time. So but some of the men smoked? And some of them did tobacco. Yeah. Is it tobacco snuff? Yeah. I don't even know what it is. Yeah. What is snuff? Well, a snuff is 
it's 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 powerful. I'll tell you, because <laughs> I took a I took one. I've I've only taken one dip of snuff, and uh, one day I I I was in there, and I how old were you? I, I don't. Uh, I must have been about uh, six or seven. Uh huh. Oh, but uh, I saw that can up on the uh, fireplace mm-hmm. on the mantel. And I, there was a can of, of snuff there, and I didn't know who left it there. It might have been left there by my grandfather's wife that died. I don't know, but I got that down, and I was by myself. I had to get a chair to get it, and I took one dip of snuff, and I I went in orbit. <laughs> I have never taken another one since, and I don't want any more. Had you just watched the adults do it? Is that how you yeah, knew? Yeah, a lot of a lot of the women back then, those days, dipped snuff. Oh. The men smoked and rolled their own. They rolled a North State, they call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, had a sack and had a pull of strings on it, and they'd roll it and lick the paper and light it up. And uh, if you Back in those days, if you smoked Prince Albert, you was really up in your fancy. You're yeah. fancy, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but we've got those little. Uh, I think they was six cents a piece of a bag of them, but they'd make them last as long as they could. But money back those days, we had to pinch pennies to make right. it, mm-hmm. and uh, we. Uh, I remember those days. Well, you told me a story. About and I don't remember how old you were when you had moved. And I don't know if you, you had relocated because it was the depression. But the house that you'd moved into, the roof had not been completed, or was it? For some reason, you could see the stars at night when you were in bed. Uh, no, that was more recent. <laughs> well, that was before we moved in with my grandfather. Okay. Wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. That's, I, that's early. right. Yeah, we were looking for a place to live, and Grandpa needed somebody. And uh, he had a buggy outside his house when we moved in. Uh, but we had lived in a house that was just vacant. Uh, we just moved in. We didn't have just a place to sleep. And uh, we went, had to go across the field to get to it. And that was we just lived there just a, a month or so. Okay. Until we moved in with my grandfather. Mm-hmm. I, now, I was telling you about the, you could look up and see the stars through right. the roof. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And this, the walls of the ceiling were sealed outside but not inside. You know, it just had boards outside, you mm-hmm. see. But that's uh, 85 years ago. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> A long time, you're asking. Was. Yeah. yeah. I remember also, and I would love for you to tell the story about you going to your neighbor's house to listen on the radio about Pearl yeah. Harbor? Is uh, that right? December the 7th, uh, 1941. At that time, I was 11 years old and when Pearl Harbor was bombed. And on Sunday morning, we was cutting stove wood, which we, like I said, we cut stove wood every day mm-hmm. because we had to cut, we used pine to burn the to cook with, with, and we had to cut it and let it dry, let it so it would burn. But we, me and my uh, dad's youngest brother, he would live with us at that time. We was cutting wood, 
for the stove. And a man came, and he had been over to see about a cow that had uh, the tree had fallen and broke her back, and he had her bound up over there. And he went over there to feed that cow, mm. and he came back with us and said, "We're going that uh, Pearl Harbor's bummed, and uh, and Mr. McHenry was a man in our community. He was a man that was had a, uh, a more uh, a, a, he was more able man, mm-hmm. and uh, he had a radio, had a big radio, and uh, uh, Philco, I believe it was, and uh, nobody else hardly had a radio in our community. Didn't have electricity, you see. Uh, and you talk about not having. In 1941, we got electricity, but mm-hmm. we went to Mr. McHenry's. He had invited the whole community to come and hear the president speak and i heard president roosevelt speak and we couldn't even get in the house they had the windows up and the house was full and the, the whole house had was surrounded by a crowd mm-hmm. that come to hear the president speak and i can remember him uh, when he uh, said what he said that night and you know we weren't we weren't ready for war you know we weren't ready mm-hmm. But we got we began to get ready. You remember that? Mm-hmm. But it was uh, Mister uh, uh, Mr. McHenry's where we went to hear the president speak, and uh, I remember that. Uh, did you live with your grandfather all the way through your school, or did you guys move again? Because yeah, we moved. You had to move. If yeah, you... we moved again. Right. After I had been to school there, and. Uh, and when I was, uh, I was in the seventh grade, we moved to a little place called Calhoun, just uh, four miles west of Laurel, where my dad bought a place and we built a house. And I finished there until I finished high school. And that was 1948 when I finished high school and got married right quick. Mm-hmm. I didn't want her to get away. We we brushed it, you see. I found that in your autobiography, Paul. You wrote about, you know, your senior year of high school, our love for each other never waned. I could hardly wait to see her each time. I don't recommend anyone getting married that young, but I don't regret doing it myself as I think back to 56 years together and to our family and our children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren that we have now. You wrote that not too long ago. Yeah, I wrote that uh, since 19, when I was 80. I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah, 80 Ten years, years ago. ago. They wanted me to write a autobiography and write it longhand, and uh, I did. And Is it finished yet? My, well, how far? How much more would you like to put into this? I know it's not finished, but. I don't know if I'll ever be able to finish it. I'm, I've got to where I can't see it good enough to write. I know. And I'd have to, I'd have to dictate it to somebody. Well, know, and let them write it. And I, do it this way, and tell us. That's one of been. That's one of challenge to me is not being able to see. I have a, a disease in my eye called a matter degeneration, and the doctor's been working on it for several years, and it it has got to where I, I'm not able to drive or anything like that. So it it really is a challenge mm-hmm. and I've had to readjust my life mm-hmm. and uh, uh, I hadn't been able to 
the pastor. I miss pastoring churches. But and, uh, you, but you still, and and this is something that I just think is incredible. You still do this too. You will still go play your guitar just like yes. you did for us. Yes, you I, go play at nursing homes, right? Yeah, I play at the nursing homes in our area, and uh, I what I do is sing forty five minutes when I go mm-hmm. in the dining hall. They get them into the dining hall, and I sing, and they enjoy it, and I and I enjoy that that they enjoy it. When I leave there, after I sing the old songs that we used to sing, and we still sing, uh, when I sing those songs, well, I feel like they minister to the people right? because they are scriptural. They're based on the scripture, mm-hmm. and I try to pick out songs that, uh, and here in the last uh, few months, I haven't been able to go. Mm-hmm. So I've had to rearrange that, but I hope to be able to go back and start that again. Well, if you're 90, that means you're probably singing to a bunch of kids. <laughs> yeah. Well, I uh, I sing to pe- some people that's younger than I am. Yeah, right. I do. And, but I love them, and they love me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, when did you learn to play the guitar? I just picked it up uh, when I was. Coming on, about, I guess when I was in high school, I, I started picking it. I love music, and I love people that love music. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I even love country music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, I don't love some of the songs that they put out, but I, I love music. <laughs> <laughs> what was the first song you learned to play and sing? Well, I guess I, I picked it up... Uh, well, since I've had to resign, uh, my, my uh, place as pastor, I've since I've had to retire, mm-hmm. I've picked it up more lately than I used to. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'll tell you what it does. It it does something for me. Mm-hmm. Right. If I get down and out and uh, hard to get along with and hard. To, do the right things. I get my guitar out and I get one of them old songs and I get singing as loud as I can. <laughs> and that's why I, I begin to. Uh, you feel better. Feel better. Yeah. yeah. Makes me happier. Yeah. I don't know if Sam knows this and I've told Murphy and I know that maybe he's even seen some of your pictures. But when I was a kid, so this would have been in the 80s, you as a part of your church, you were a pastor of a big church then. You went to the Philippines. Yeah. Do you, went, do you yeah. remember those days? Yeah, I went days? twice. I went two times. I went to, we were established in churches in the Philippines, and uh, I went with a group of 90 preachers, uh, Southern Baptist preachers, and we went to the Philippines. And uh, we what we did, we followed up and, was helping them organize churches, and we'd preach for two weeks uh, in whatever they were, wherever they were meeting, and we stayed. We lived with them, mm-hmm. and we slept in the uh, the houses that they had, and mm-hmm. we ate the food that they had. And uh, I remember when you came back, you yeah. were more thin. Yeah. Is that because you yeah. said you ate nothing but bananas or something? Well, I yeah, I eat bananas, aren't but <laughs> uh, 
they, they had they had plenty of food. I I don't know if everything I ate. I didn't know what some of it was. Right. But uh, I don't worry about that. It's all. It's over yeah, now. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's over now. Yeah. They thought, I also remember you telling us, because when you came back, the whole family got together and you showed us your slides, you showed your whole church, yeah. and you had a lot of stories then, and I know that maybe they're not as vivid to you now, but how tall are you, Papa? How tall are you? Tall, I'm six feet. Right. They, those, especially the kids, thought he was just a giant, yeah. didn't they? Didn't they just think you were the biggest thing you'd, they'd ever oh, seen? Yeah. Oh, the yeah, the Filipino children. Uh, when we would be, I'd be waiting to preach and waiting for the crowd to come. But they would have a, they would have set up a, a, a canopy of built up that they met and had. A, they sat on benches that was made out of uh, uh, these reeds. What they call them. Uh, the, what, like bamboo, bamboo or yeah bamboo the benches were there but i'd go early and i had uh i'd be playing music on my machine and i'd just go sit down and after a while the the whole all those benches would be full of little filipino children yeah and they're looking me over you know they, they, i was the only white man in their town mm-hmm. what i mean uh, uh and, uh, Wouldn't they come up and feel your yeah, hairy arms? They'd feel my arm. <laughs> they don't have hair on their arms, I don't think. <laughs> but, and uh, and of course, uh, uh, Catholicism is uh, dominant over there mm-hmm. mostly. And uh, they the little kid, they would come and they'd treat me like they would treat the priest, you see. Mm-hmm. And they'd kiss my hand mm-hmm. and all that. And I'd wiggle my ears. I could wiggle my ears one at one or both of them. Like yeah, you still I'd got it. Laugh. It's an old <laughs> trick. My, I got big ears anyway, and I just and they just laugh. And I, and a lot of them they couldn't uh, they couldn't speak English. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They have so many different languages there that uh, but uh, they could understand. They wanted to see what I was made of, you know. And they and that was uh, two trips that I'll never forget. That's since I've been here in Louisiana. I came to Louisiana in 1965 to pastor at Livingston, and uh, I've been in this area ever since. All my kids, my four kids, uh, two boys and two girls married in this area, and mm-hmm. they're, they're still here except my oldest son is in Houston and his two daughters mm-hmm. and their families are there. Mm-hmm. We see them every Christmas, and and uh, we all get together. So and we it, all get together is probably about fifty or thirty-five. It's pushing it's big, forty yeah. something now. Yeah. The numbers are Christmas Eve. When we Eve. all get together, there's a lot of us. Mm-hmm. So you have also married almost everybody in the family, right? And when Jody and I, when Jody and I, right, well, then that's what I mean, right? Exactly. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. So Jody and I got you know got married. You officiated that ceremony. Yeah. Sam knows that he was there. You saw that. Yeah, you married right. my parents. Yeah. You know, you married all your children. You married your grand, yeah, your grandchildren. And then you, well, none of the great-grandchildren, thank goodness. Not yet. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. A lot of weddings. A lot of, of weddings. Uh, I know you wrote some notes if you want to look at them. Well, I, had, I wrote a song down I wanted to sing. 
If you don't mind. We don't mind. You do what you want. Did you... Did you want me to turn your phone off for you, or did you answer that call? I, I was worried about no, it. I, no, I don't need to answer it. I just did not, not it's to a, ring. It's okay. Okay. The, it's okay. The, the song is listed here. It just says medley. It says just suppose, which uh, you did, leaving on my mind, which you did, and then how about your heart, right. and then medley. Who am I when I think yeah, of, okay. when Who I think. I? Okay. Another song sure. of, of uh, <clears throat> this is a song of Rusty Goodman. It's fine. All right, I'll just, uh, I can't think of how it starts anyway. I want to sing uh, just a verse of Amazing Grace. Okay. Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound. That saved a wretch like me I once was lost But now I'm found Was blind but now I see Was grace that taught my heart to fear and grace my fears relieved How precious did that grace appear The hour I first believed Through many dangers, toils, and snares I have already come this grace that brought me safe thus far and grace will lead me home when we've been there ten thousand years bright shining as the sun we've no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind. But now I see. Beautiful. Amen. Amen. So, do you have a favorite gospel song, or is it difficult to pick any one? Is there one that really, I mean, you're a pastor, so 
most of you know you know I, them all but yeah, most of them <laughs> have special meaning so maybe it's difficult to pick one i just didn't know if you had one yeah, I, well I, I have several that uh since i got to where i can't see uh i have to memorize everything right or i, well, I won't make it yeah until uh yeah i can think of a lot of good songs that i love there's uh, so many of them. It just it, it, to me, "Amazing Grace" is always just uh-huh. yeah. It's universal. It's yeah, beautiful. Uh, so, is there any any other story you want to tell or talk uh, about? Anything else you want to talk about? Uh, don't think of anything right now. Uh, Can I read some stuff that you wrote to help you jog your uh, memory? You wrote the storm pit. Oh, I was just uh, uh, when we lived there at Union Line, uh, we had a storm pit, and you know back then, uh, weather forecast was well. We didn't have any way to know what kind of weather was coming or anything. Right. right. But we had a storm pit, and we had some neighbors, and our neighbors were the Wilburns, and uh, Mr. Uh, Wilburn and his wife and one daughter, and but they was so afraid of bad weather. We we wouldn't always go. We didn't go in there every time it come a little cloud or rain, but we we knew it was a big storm coming. We went in mm-hmm. to the storm pit that was built into the bank where the road come by. We we, we had built it up into the bank. So it, it was, was like an outdoor thing, yeah. but. Yeah. Oh, so not quite a but our shelter, neighbor, but... But our neighbors, uh, they would... It, it would come up a, just a cloud or a little rain, and they would come over and, and want to go in the storm pit, <laughs> and we'd go in with them. I never heard that. And and uh, one night, uh, they we uh, they got us up at midnight, and it was, it was a bad storm. We had sycamore trees in our yard, and I was so asleep... Uh, I was I, I was just walking with them to the storm pit, but I was asleep, mm-hmm. and they all went in the storm pit, and I was just walking through the trees, <laughs> and it was it was raining. They, Would you believe that I was walking in my sleep? I believe and, it. But I I never forget that. I never done it that since or before. But <laughs> I I walked in my sleep there. How many and, people could fit in the storm pit? Huh? How many people could fit in the storm pit? Well, we had a seat all the way around. It was built in there, and uh, we just had a door to it, and it was covered with dirt on top. Okay, but it was it was secure in there, and and we just get in there and close the door and hold it. You see, and then when and then they'd somebody look out and see if the storm was gone, and we'd come out and go on. That's the way life was then. Right. And uh but that was a the way it was back then. It was it was not not easy life, but we it was a a life that you longed to have even and it was in its uh condition. Mhm. So I um I want you to know before we wrap this up that you said many times that you know you're you're not pastoring anymore you don't have a you know you're not in charge of a church anymore and you always were for so long 
but you really are pastoring still. You do need to know that yeah. in the way that you live. Um, not that long ago. I mean, we, we still see it. We want you to, I want you to know that we still see it in you, what you're doing today. You sang four, four or five songs for us. Yeah. And that's ministering. And um, not long ago, four years ago, when, when your mother died, my mom passed. When your yeah. mom passed away, I remember you coming to the funeral, and you you also you we we talked about how you married a lot of people. You also, uh, I don't know, officiated. Do you call it officiating a fu- You did a lot Funeral, of funerals. Yeah. You were in charge of a lot of funerals. Yeah. Yeah. But I remember, and Uncle Terry told me that you could not wait to get, you know, up there to see the family, you know, to see everybody, and you, you were just. To get there and minister to people and be a pastor. So you really still are in the way that you live. I, I would like to leave a legacy of, of good things. For I, I, I'd love to see all my kids, my great grandkids, be right with the Lord, come into the Lord. I, 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 was think, I think about the, I think the greatest story ever told in the Bible or anywhere in the world, is the story of the prodigal son. In the 15th chapter of Luke, it tells about the man that had two sons, and the younger boy said, give me what belongs to me, or inheritance. Go ahead and give me mine. And the old father, he was well, he had this family, he had servants. So they, he had plenty, but he gave the boy his inheritance. And the boy went to a faraway country, you know the story. Said a faraway place, and he, he had plenty of money. And during that time, no doubt, he had plenty of friends. And uh, he stayed a long time. I don't know how long he stayed, but he stayed a long time. But there came a, a great famine upon the land. And the boy had spent all his money. And he had lost all his friends. When he lost his money, he lost his friends. And he was left and he was hungry. He, he had nothing. Mm-hmm. He took a job of feeding hogs and... For a Jew, uh, feeding hogs would be a bad job. Mm-hmm. And he was put there, and he began to think for himself. I can see him now sitting on the hog pen fence. And the Bible says he came to himself. He began to think. He said, how many hired servants my father has back home? And he was so hungry. He almost, it didn't say he did, but he almost took of the grain that the hogs were eating, that he was feeding the hogs. He was so hungry. But he began the greatest day of his life was when he began to think what he had done, and he started home. And it was a long way home. But on his, when he got near home, the father was watching for him. And he ran 
when you think about an old man running to meet that boy. And the boy had made up a speech, said he's going to tell he's going to tell his father, "Don't just give me a, a job of, of being a servant. Let me be one of the servants." That's what he was going to tell his father. But his father embraced him and hugged him and took him in. And uh, I was talking to somebody just the other day about that story. And they said it was not fair that the man took the boy in and that other boy, see, that other brother didn't go anywhere, that he didn't go anywhere and it wasn't fair for him to be taken in, but it wasn't fair for Jesus to go and die on the cross and let us go free either. So it was fair. He, he took that boy. He loved that boy. It was his son. <laughs> and... I think that's the way it is. When you're a son, you're loved by the father. And I I would think of the old man being in the place of the father, God the father, that loved his son, and he gave his son to die on the cross for us. So I think that's the greatest story. I would go into all the details mm-hmm. that I've ever thought about. He and the good Samaritan where the man by the road was taken in by the Samaritan, and when he stopped and helped him, he brought him in. So to me, that's the two greatest stories of all the Bible, mm-hmm. greatest story ever told. So I still remember that, those stories, and I think about it. Yeah. When I get down and out and uh, say, because down and out in blue, I, I I think about those stories from the Bible. Honor thy father and thy mother that thy days may be long upon the earth. That's Proverbs. Mm-hmm. When you honor your father and mother, that's the right thing to do. You may not always agree with everything, but you honor them. And I, I did that. And I remember that. Mm-hmm. I honored them, and uh, and I th- I think I'm like that boy. I was glad to be back. And they, the father told them, said, "Bring forth the best robe and put it on him. Put shoes on his feet and a ring on his hand. Kill the fatted calf." And they did, and they had the party at the house. But that other boy, he's another story. That other boy wouldn't even come. He said, no, I ain't coming. He he, he said, son, I, all I have is yours. And But he wouldn't come. So Jesus had a, that to uh, let those that were on that side. So it's not, not just a story of the prodigal son, but it's a story of the elder brother that wouldn't accept him back. Mm-hmm. To me, that's two of the great stories of, mm-hmm. of my mind. You've always told those. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I I can sing one of those old songs or listen and think about one mm-hmm. of those stories mm-hmm. that Jesus told, and it blesses me. So it's been good to be here with you. And <laughs> Thank I, you. I don't want to just keep 
Go it was ahead. good. No, <laughs> it was plenty. I you wanted you to tell us all those stories. You did a good, good yeah. job. You're a storyteller. Well, mm-hmm. I, I don't know about that, but I I do. I I, <laughs> I remember uh, things that I uh, would like to experience again. And uh, he was telling yeah. us on the way here, Sam, that um, he remembers long ago better than yesterday, which is uh, everybody, right? That's true as you get older. Yep. It's yeah. tricky. And you still have the gift of ministering. You know, I mean, you really, you I'm may saying. have retired, like Jody said, but you still have the, absolutely have the gift of well, ministering. You always others. do. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you saying that. Mm-hmm. And I want to, I don't have a lot of time left, I'm sure. Uh, when you get to be 90 years old, uh, 10 more years, you'd be 100. Yeah, and I thought that's what you said you were shooting don't make for. It to be I know, but you I, you've been saying that since you were eighty that you were going to try to make it to a hundred. My mother and dad died at eighty three, and uh, uh, dad died a good while before my mother. He was a little bit older than my mother, and uh, but they were both eighty three when they passed. Wow! But uh, God's been good to me. And he, uh, he'll be with me through the crossing of the Jordan. That's what we call it. Mm-hmm. When you come to the Jordan, well, he'll Jesus will go with you. Joshua went with them across the Jordan, led the children of Israel out of Egypt. But our Joshua is Jesus. He'll go with us across the Jordan. That's death, and you don't have to worry about death. Yeah. Just uh, leave that into the hands of God because one of these days we'll all go. And uh, we don't know when. Right. I'm kind of glad the Lord didn't tell us when. Just <laughs> live long as you can. And, That'd make you a nervous wreck, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so, so you're not worried about it. I'll tell you what'll, what will shake you up, though, is to watch them dig your grave, which I did. I watched them dig my grave mm-hmm. with that backhoe. They dug two places there for my wife to see where she's buried Mm -hmm. and put the uh, box there. And mine is right beside hers. And they accused me of putting flowers on my grave. They go out there. (laughs) (laughs) That's like like, like when I'm back, way back when I was uh, six years old and started a school, they said, there's a rumor got out said that Mama had to rain him before he could go to school. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a good rumor, huh? <laughs> well, thank yeah. you, Papa. Thank you very much. This was I, great. I wanna, thank you. Yeah, I want to get you. I want to get him some water. Okay, I think he's been talking a lot. Sure, so, and singing. <clears throat> All right, it was wonderful. It was really good.